Mark chapter, what did I say, 6? Okay, I'll read from 6 then. Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 45, and we'll read uh, forward down to 52. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethesda, uh, Bethsaida, I'm sorry, while he sent away the people. And when uh, he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto, him, unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he, went up into, and, and he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. You may be seated. Keys or some keys of how correct, to correctly handle life storms. And our text is found in, in Mark chapter, this text is also found in Matthew chapter 4 and Mark chapter 6 and and, and John chapter 6, but before I deal with the keys to correctly handling life's storms, I, I want to mention that there are some incorrect ways to handle life's storms, all right? I think all of us in here are old enough to know and recognize that life will be topsy-turvy sometime. Am I right about it? I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't, I don't care your financial, uh, uh, what your portfolio looks like. I don't care the, the color of your skin. I don't care your, your education status. Life is going to have some storms. And there are some ways, before I talk about the keys, there are some ways not to handle life storms. Alcohol, drugs, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, wrath, emulations, strife, seditions, murders, suicide, and the such are all works of the flesh to, to handle life storms, but you cannot use them to handle life storms because they are the incorrect ways to handle life storms. Am I right? That's the foundation on which I want to build this message. I, that we, we just, I'm not going to build it on those things we just talked about, but, but in other words, if you're not careful, you can use your own flesh or try to use your flesh in handling uh, uh, storms in your life. But that's not the way that Jesus tells us to handle it. Our story is found in, in uh, Mark chapter 6, and, and we read it. And, and uh, this is the first thing I want you to understand. We're going to be brief this morning, so I want you to write this down. The first thing to understand about correctly handling life storm is that you are on a divine journey. Somebody say a divine journey. I'm talking to the believers in the house. I'm not talking to the unsaved. I'm not talking about those who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. You are, but those of us who do, you are on a divine journey. Let me pause and say, in fact, if you are at the sound of my voice and don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Jesus is still standing there with his arms wide open, ready to receive you unto himself. As a matter of fact, there's a promise that says, whosoever will, let them come. 
I don't care what sins you've committed. I don't care if you got a felony record. I don't care if you twist it. I don't care what's going on in your life. Jesus says, come to me just as you are. He says, give your life to me and I'll make it. Matter of fact, let me put this in here too because you won't hear a lot of preachers say this because it ain't, it ain't, you know, they, they'll scare you away if they say it. If you're not saved, the only prayer God hears from you is the prayer of salvation. Can I say that again? I know you don't want to. I prayed. The Lord don't hear that. The Lord hears the prayers of the righteous. Now, if you're not saved, the only prayer he does hear is the prayer of salvation. Yes, God's grace and God's How many of you know God kept you while you were unsaved? I do. So God's mercy, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, God kept me based on the prayers of somebody else. I may not have been saved, I may not have been praying for myself, but I had praying parents, I had praying grandparents that kept me alive until I got to know Christ for myself. And let me, let me, let me, let me help somebody here too. Listen, I, some of you are under the practice, I pray for my unborn grandchildren. I pray for my unborn great I pray for the spouse of my children. They ain't married yet, but I'm like, Lord, please. I, I don't know what she's going through, but Lord, deliver her so that when they show up together, Lord, I don't know where he is or where he's going through, but Lord, you promise me the prayers of the righteous availeth much. So some of us are here based upon the prayers of somebody else. You ought to praise God for that. So... If you're unsaved, get saved. I want you to come to Christ just as you are. So the first thing that you need to understand in the life of a believer is that when storms come, you are on a divine journey. Somebody say divine journey. How do I know? Because John 15, 16 tells me you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. It's a journey that is ordered by the Lord, by the Lord. It's a divine call. It's a divine journey for a divine purpose. I'm striving for higher education. I, I, I may be trying to get something. You may be trying to do some things, but you have to understand that it's not me, but a divine call. I'm on a divine journey. If you're saved, you have a divine journey and a divine purpose. You might think it was just you wanting something, but it's not not just you wanting something, because if it was just you, you would have gave up on it a long time ago. The Bible says in Psalms 37, 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Now, so many times we think that I desire some things. Like if, if I just trust God, he's going to give me the big house, the big car. He'll give me all the money. No, no, no. He's not talking about material things. When you trust God, he'll give you a desire to do something, a desire to be something, a desire to go somewhere that you didn't even know you could have. You know, it's, it's and, and, and thank you, Holy Spirit, because that answers the question of, Pastor, I can't find my purpose. Delight yourself in the Lord. Y'all miss that. <laughs> Pastor, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Delight yourself in the Lord. Pastor, how do I know what God has called me to do? Delight yourself in the Lord. If you have not delighted yourself in the Lord, the, the condition is 
Y'all 8.30 crowd know what I'm saying. The condition is delight myself in the Lord. The promise is he'll give me the desires of my heart. God's promises come with conditions. The condi- Here's my part. Delight myself in the Lord. Here's his part. He'll give me the desires of my heart. My part, I'm going through a storm. My part is to delight myself in the Lord, right? So watch this. They're on a divine, they're in the middle of a storm. They're on a divine journey because they have a relationship with Jesus Christ themselves. Understand this. They're out there in the storm because Jesus told them to go. You see that in the text? This is right after the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus says, listen, the crowd's getting too tough. Get in the boat and go to the other side. For all those who think that your salvation guarantees you peaceful and calm seas all the time, you need to check this text. Jesus sends them into the middle of a storm. So next time you're going through it, believer, first thing is to understand that I'm on a divine journey. Okay, all right, Pastor Graves, I get it. The second thing you have to understand is, watch this, watch this. The ship was now in the midst of the sea. The disciples were exactly, they are exactly where God wanted them to be because God sent them there. So the second thing you have to correctly understand about handling your life storm, believer, is to understand that you are exactly where God wants you to be. Y'all don't, you think it's supposed to be comfortable all the time. But I'm in the middle of a storm, good. You're exactly where God wants you to be. You might say, I I thought by now I would be there, but I'm here and, and, and things should be going my way by now. But I am exactly where God wants me to be. Well, how can you say that, Pastor Graves? Because this is a divine journey God sent you on, God sent me on, and now I'm in the midst of where he sent me, and you are right in the middle of where he sent you, and you and I, I don't know about you, But I say to myself, I have come too far to turn back. I have not yet apprehended where I'm going. Can't quit in the middle of it because I have not apprehended. I have not realized where I'm going. I've come too far to turn around now. That's why the Jehovah's Jehovah's Witnesses can't knock on my door and confuse me. I've come too far to turn around now. That's why them black Israelites and all the other stuff. No, no, I've come too far. Somebody know what I'm talking about. God has brought me too far. All of a sudden, all these awoke people, well, you know Jesus. No, 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 stop it. I've come too far to turn around now. God has been good to me. God has been good to you. Save that rhetoric. Save those lies for somebody who don't understand. Yes, I'm in the middle of it. Yes, I'm in the middle of a storm, but I'm on a divine assignment. I'm right where God wants me to be, and I have come too far to turn around now. How do you handle a storm? I'm on a divine journey, okay? All right, God, I'm on a divine journey. I'm in the middle of it. Okay, I'm about to quit. But no, you got to be reminded you are right where God wants you to be when you're operating in obedience. Now, I'm not talking about the foolishness we do to ourselves because I don't know about you, but I put myself in some places God didn't want me to be. Huh? Anybody here make those mistakes? Put yourself in places God didn't want you to be, and God had to come on a rescue mission, right? And then reassign me and put me on a divine journey, all right? 
a lot of us can't get on a divine journey because God too busy doing rescue missions. I praise God for rescue missions because he's rescued me a lot. Matter of fact, let me give somebody some hope. The Bible says that a good man, a righteous man falls, what, seven times. A good man falls seven or eight times. I'm terrible. I don't add a 20 to that. 27, 28 times. God still rescues me, picks me up, turns me around, put me on a divine journey. Now listen, let me, let me warn you. There's a certain age where you can't be making mistakes now. All right? There's a certain age. All right, now if you're young, 25, 6, 20, you start creeping up towards 30, you're running out of time. You can't make mistakes and expect to recover. Some of y'all upwards of 50, I, I, I'm begging you, don't make a mistake. <laughs> I'm begging you to trust God fully because the 20 years it's going to take you to recover, you ain't God. All right? So uh, I'm on a divine journey, and I'm right where God wants me to be. I'm in the storm, I'm confused, I'm home, I'm crying, I'm upset, but I'm on a divine journey. All of a sudden, I, 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 don't, I don't have to drink, I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to take Ambien, I don't have to take no Xanax, I don't, I don't have to do nothing to calm down, I don't have to do none of that stuff, because I realized that God said, I sent you there, you're on a divine journey, and I know you're in a storm, but check it out, Graves, you're right where I want you to be. And then I say to myself, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, okay, all right, that's, a, that's another sermon for another day. Then I say to the Lord, so, 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 so I'm right there. I'm right where he sent me, right where he sent me. I've come too far. I ain't turning back. And look at verse 48. Verse 48 is amazing. Study the text. It says, and he saw them toiling and rowing because the wind was contrary. Y'all know what contrary means? It means against. The wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea, and he would have passed them by. He saw them. Jesus saw them even though they couldn't see Jesus. Hmm. There will be moments in the life of a believer where the storm is so rough, where the wind is contrary to you. You will be toiling, you will be rowing, and the text says that Jesus saw them. Let me, let me tell you what, 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 what toiling and rowing means. Toiling and rowing means toiling. It means struggling. It means torture. It means to vex with pain of body and mind. Any of you ever have to toil at something, whether it was physical or mental, Every Monday morning, you toil when it comes to going to work. Every Sunday morning, some of y'all toil with coming to church. Huh? <laughs> Never mind. But anyway, we toil and we struggle. It means it's painful. It's torturous. It's vexing. And they're, not only are they toiling, but they're toiling against the wind. I don't know if I don't, I don't know if any boatsmen have been in here, but but you ever you ever try to toil? Not only not only am I struggling out here, but I'm 
towing, I'm toiling against the wind. It's contrary to what they're struggling. They're to- the disciples are rowing to get to the other side. They are struggling to get to where Jesus told them to go. They are toiling. And, when, and you have to understand, when God sends you on a divine journey, you have to do what he called you to do, regardless of how hard it may seem, because the text says Jesus saw them. So if God calls me to do something, no matter how hard it seems, he's got his eye on me. He's got his eye on me. No matter how hard it is, he said, I got my eye on you. But Lord, they don't like me. I got my eye on you. Lord, I can't seem to get done what you called me to do. I've got my eye on you. They were toiling. They were struggling. They were being obedient. Let me tell you this. Obedience to God is not easy. They were being obedient to get to where he told them to go. And listen to me, Cornerstone, it's not easy to always go where God told you to go. It ain't always easy. Not only, listen, let me, let me, let me, let me help you. I didn't even in my notes. I don't know who I'm helping. You're going to start doing what God calls you to do. The Bible says winds were contrary, right? And maybe in our lives, it's not winds that are contrary. It's people in our lives that will be contrary to what God called us to do. It might be a mom, might be a dad, might be a spouse, it might be a kid, but folks aren't always going to agree with you following hard after God. But God says, I've got my eye on you. Don't you worry. I know they don't agree with where you're going. I know they don't agree with what you're doing. I know they think you're crazy, but I've got my eye on you. I, I, I know people think that you're nuts. I know you think they lost your mind. I know some of your closest friends, some of y'all got friends like, like Job had friends. Quit. Y'all remember Job's friends? Job was going through all that, and his friends come. They don't even say, and they look at him and say, what you do to make God so angry at you? I ain't make God angry at me. I'm right where he wants me to be. I'm walking in obedience. It looks crazy to you. You're just a contrary wind to what God has called me to do because I understand that obedience to God is not always easy. Ryan, I'm going to toil. Anthony, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to have contrary winds, but I am confident in this one thing, that Christ has his eye on me. I'm talking about how believers handle life's storms. That's why, that, listen, listen, that's, that's, that's why I can rest easy. That's, that's why a believer can rest easy. A true believer, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but I'm going to tell you that God's honest truth. A true believer in a right relationship with God don't have suicidal thoughts. True believer in a right, I'm talking about a right relationship with God, don't don't have thoughts of hurting themselves. A true believer in a right relationship with God, I don't have to get high. I I don't don't, don't have to smoke weed to calm me down. 
It's from the earth. Forget from the earth. I got, some, I got the word of God. I don't need none of that. I don't need no alcohol. I'm a true believer, and I understand that even though life gets rough, that I will toil. I'm on a divine assignment. God sent me there, and Christ has his eye on me. You see that confidence I have? You see that confidence you should have? It ain't cockiness. It's confidence. It's not, it's not confidence in myself. It's confidence in God. It's confidence that I'm on a divine assignment with a divine purpose, and he's watching me every step of the way. Am I helping somebody today? I just want to help somebody. We ain't done yet, but we're going to get there in a minute. We're going to get there in a minute. I, I, I see too many Christians dejected. I see too many Christians quit in the middle of their assignment. I don't know how many friends of mine have have. have Started churches and planted churches the same time. We, we planted Cornerstone. It'll be 14 years in January, the same time. And they quit along the way. <sighs> it hurts me to see that. But then I got some friends who didn't quit along the way. Who un and listen, we still toil. Let me tell you this, Cornerstone. I don't care what you see out here today. I still toil. We still toil and struggle, and we still have contrary winds. But I thank God that God has us on a divine assignment. God has a purpose for us, and God has his eye on us. The first thing, I want you to see this. You need to say to yourself, you need to say this to yourself, that you can't quit, that you have to keep going, that you have to keep toiling. You can't quit. You can't give up no matter how rough it gets sometimes. You have to understand that God set me on a journey. He has his eyes on me. Point number four, the fourth thing to understand about correctly handling life storms is to keep doing what he called you to do. Yeah, yeah y'all missed that. Keep doing what he told me to do. Paul said it like this, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 48 again. The wind was contrary unto them. The disciples were struggling because the wind was contrary. When the wind is behind you, it's easy to keep sailing. It's easy because things move along just fine. But when the wind is contrary, you've got to keep on pushing forward. Pastor Graves, I'm not hearing from God in this season. What should I do? The same thing he told you to do last season. You keep doing it. Pastor Graves, I'm feeling there's a shifting going on. You know, we like to get biblical. Shifting in the atmosphere. But I'm not getting a word from God. What should I do? Keep doing what he told you to do. You see, in the service, how many of y'all was in the service, right? Anybody, any service people? When we marched, you know, we did the left, right, left, right. But there was something called mark time. Y'all remember mark time? Mark time is that you stood in place, but you kept moving. We weren't done marching. We just were right there. And you keep moving. And some of y'all right now, God got you marking time. You see what I'm saying, Preston? You remember them days? You just, you don't stop. No, you just keep marking time until he says forward march. Okay, y'all missed it. Y'all Okay. The drill instructor. Hard. Hard. That's how you got to do it, right? That's what he used to tell us. And some of y'all just keep marking time. Keep doing what God told you to do last until he says forward March! Forward! March! Don't you quit? Because you're in the same place you was. You keep doing what he told you to do. I put in for supervisor and I ain't get it. Then keep doing what you was doing before you put in for it. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. I want elevation on my job, but until it comes, be the best 
at what you're doing right now. Wish my marriage was different. Are you the best husband you could be? You the best wife you could be? You the best boyfriend, best girlfriend? Are you the best? You know, I'm struggling in school. Are you the best? You ain't studied nothing, but you want to pass everything. Are you the best? Certain things Google can't help you with. Are you the best? I want to be the best pastor. I want, I want, I want, I want to bless people's lives. And the Lord always tells me, well, Graves, are you the best at what I currently told you to do? You know, a, a preacher said to me, and I'll never forget he said this to me, and I'll try and be humble. It's a preacher right in town. He said, he said do you think you're the best preacher in Melville? And, uh, of course I did, but I didn't want to tell him that. I ain't gonna say nothing. You know what I mean? I said, well, well. He said, if you don't think you're the best, then you're never gonna be the best. He said, keep doing and being the best right where God called you to be. And I'm telling you something like this, I don't know how rough the storm is, I don't know what you're going through, but even if you don't hear from God, you keep pushing forward. The disciples, the text does not say that they quit because of the storm. The text does not say that they quit because the winds was contrary. The text says that they kept on rowing and kept on toiling no matter how hard it was. They kept on doing it, even in the midst of a storm. Fifth thing that you have to understand correctly in handling life storms is that you should not let the direction of the wind stop you or make you feel like you're doing something wrong. People and their opinions will try to stop you and make you feel like you're doing something wrong. Sometimes people will speak for you, but most of the time they'll speak against you, but you've got to keep pressing on. I don't know how many meetings, well, I don't have them anymore, how many meetings we had in the past where I would share, the Lord told me to do this, and well-meaning people would tell me all the reasons why it couldn't get done. Well-meaning people will tell you in the midst of your storm that you ought to stop. And they don't mean they don't love you, but no, if you know God has told you to do something, you, no matter what they say, no matter what's going on, you've got to press forward. You've got to keep going to where God has ordered you to go. You've got to keep striving to where God has told you to go. Verse 48 again, about the fourth watch of the night, He comes unto them walking on the sea and would have passed them by late in the midnight hour. That's between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. Jesus comes walking on the water. He would have passed them by. So Texas will deal with that in a minute. But he comes walking on the water. So the sixth thing to understand about how to correctly handle life storm is that you've got to expect God to show up. Write about something in my book called The Law of Expectation. I expect God to show up. Now, God, I'm out here where you called me to be. Lord, I'm facing these contrary winds in the form of people that I'm coming across. Lord, I haven't heard from you in a season. Lord, I'm marking time. Lord, I haven't quit. Lord, I'm still toiling. But now you've come to the place where you ought to expect God to show up. 
You ought to expect, God, I know you're watching me. God, I expect you. How many of you expect God to show up in your situation? I mean, really expect them. Lord, I can't do it by myself. I can't raise these kids. I can't, I can't do it. Lord, I, I'm all over the place. You got to expect God. God, I'm operating in obedience. God, I'm your child. God, I'm saved. God, I, I expect you to show up. You have to live every day with the, with the attitude of expectancy. I expect God to work it out. Are you shocked, Pastor Graves? No. I'm not shocked because I expected God to do what he said he going to do. Now, I would be shocked if he didn't do it. They would have been shocked if he didn't show up. But you've got to live every day, believer, expecting God to be who he said he's going to be, expecting God to do what he said he's going to do. And so you have to live with expectation. So in the middle of the storm, this is how you handle it. You don't quit. You don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. You expect God. That's the sixth thing. Correctly is, is expecting God to show up. He may not come when you think he ought to, but he's going to show up in your storm. So expect him and look for him. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Some of my young folk don't know that song. You can ask the children of Israel, trapped by the raging sea. Y'all remember that? Huh? He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not show up when you want him to, but he's going to show up. He may not show up, uh, uh, but you have to expect him to show up. He may not come when you think he should come, but he's going to show up, so you need to look for him. Verse 49 and 51 says, when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a spirit. They saw him coming, and the text says that Jesus would have walked past, right? But they, all of a sudden, they cried out. You see, sometimes you got to open up your mouth even when you see him coming and learn to cry out for him. You sit in church and you try to be cool and you try to be collective and you don't want to sweat up nothing and you just bought this jacket yesterday. You don't want to sweat it out. You think you did God a favor because you came to church this morning. God said, I will walk right past you if you don't learn to cry out from time to time. So you better learn to raise your, I don't care how cool you think you are. I don't care how tough you think you are. I don't care how cute you think you are. I don't care if you, you ought to cry out something. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh Lord. Used to sing a song, do not pass me by. Wow, on others. Thou art calling. Do not pass me by. You're going to bless Willie, Lord, but don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. They cried out. Jesus, stop by. I don't know what you're going through, but you better lose all your coolness and learn to cry out sometimes. Lose all your coolness and learn how to stretch out before the Lord. And say, Lord, well, I don't know this thou art calling. Do not pass me by. And so they call out. They cry out. He tells them in the midst of their cry, notice he doesn't answer until they cry out. Notice that he doesn't even come to them until they cry out. He was about to pass them by. But he answers their cry. 
he saw them and, were tr- and, and, and they were troubled. And immediately he talked to them. And he said unto them, and he's saying unto me and you, be of good cheer. Be not afraid. The Bible says that he, he actually went into the ship with them and the wind ceased. What that says to me is, I have a God that will get into my problem with me. Y'all missed it. I have a God that will get into the boat with me. And the moment he steps into my situation, and the moment he steps into my problem, the text says that the winds cease. In other words, you want folks to stop talking? As soon as Jesus show up, close their mouth. Close their mouth. The text says the wind was no longer contrary. When he stepped into my situation, he steps into my marriage, he steps into my parenting, he steps into my job, he steps into my pastoring. Everybody that was running their mouth got the hush. Because he stepped in. So the text says, the text says that he steps in, right? I better stop running up here for our trip. So the text says, text says he steps in, right? He says, don't be afraid, right? The wind ceased, and they were amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they wondered, watch this, they wondered. He talked with them, and he talked with them in the midst of the storm. So the seventh thing is to understand correctly in handling life storms is to listen to the voice in the middle of the storm. Didn't say the sea, the, the sea stopped, it says the wind stopped. And he talked with them in the midst of the storm. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. And so, so in my storm, oh, how you walk with me. We just saying that. Oh, how you talk with me. Oh, how you tell me. I am your. He's talking to me in the midst of the storm. Why? Because I stayed obedient. Why? Because I kept going even when others told me to quit. Why? Because I know his eyes were watching me. Why? Because I, because I expected him to show up, and I knew that he was going to show up on time. And so he shows up on time, and because all of those things I continue to do, he begins to speak with me in the middle of the storm. He begins to guide me in the middle of the storm. He begins to let me feel his presence in the middle of the storm. Verse 52, these guys are just like us, right? Sometimes we can be clownish. Look at verse 52, I'm almost done. It says, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves because their heart was hardened. You see, before Jesus constrained them or told them to go to the ship, he had just fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, with two fish and five loaves of bread. And the disciples collected 12 baskets of food afterwards. That was a miracle, but they, the disciples failed to remember the miracle of the past. Let me work this out. This is the eighth and final thing. The eighth thing to understand correctly, or the eighth thing to understand about correctly handling life storms is to remember past miracles. You've got to remember past miracles. Because if he did it before, he'll do it again. 
You've got to remember past miracles. You've got, they just, he just got done feeding 5,000, and you think a storm is too hard for him? Listen, when you didn't have a job, God created one just for you. You've got to remember that. When you didn't know how your bills were going to be paid, but it's paid in full, you've got to remember that. When the doctor gave you a negative report, but you're still here, you've got to remember that. When people lied on you and walked out on you and ran your name down, but you're still standing, you've got to remember that. Your marriage was headed for a divorce, a divorce, but now you're celebrating multiple years. You've got to remember that. The same God. The same God. The same God that walked with me in 1985, the same God walked with me in 1992, the same God walked with me in 1995, the same God walked with me in 2000, the same God walked with me in 05, 06, 07, 08, 09, is the same God that's walking with me right now. Give God some praise. 